Appreciate that very much. Thank you, Gary and Miss Emma. I had the opportunity to meet Emma last week for the first time. Very lovely lady, and uh like to uh, uh, to hear some more of, of her stories uh, that uh, she says she has and, and just uh, loves the Lord. It's, it's uh, genuine love for the Lord in her country, and uh, we appreciate that very much. Thank you all for, for leading us uh, in worship there. I want to invite you to open your Bible with me this morning to the 23rd Psalm. This is perhaps uh, the most famous psalm, if not the most famous passage of Scripture in all the Bible. As we continue working our way through some selected passages of the Psalms in our series, the Hebrew Hymn Book. For many, this is perhaps their favorite Scripture. Just a show of hands, if the 23rd Psalm is your favorite passage of Scripture, would you raise your hand? Yeah, yeah, several of you. Uh, perhaps you had to memorize it as a child. I did growing up and and memorize it in the King James Version. Of course, it's a little different than the translation I'll be preaching from, uh, but uh, I'll find myself, as I was preparing this, going back to some of the familiar words of the King James Version, and perhaps you will uh, along with me today. This is a psalm that's heard most frequently, I think, in hospitals. Uh, whenever I go to visit folks, I'll usually ask them, I'd like to read some scripture for you. Is there anything particular you would like for me to read? The number one answer is always, uh, it doesn't matter, Pastor, you pick it, it's all good. But the second most popular answer I get when I ask that question is the 23rd Psalm. It's a psalm that brings comfort to folks when they are in situations like in the hospital or you hear it oftentimes spoken at funerals as well. But when we really study the psalm and we look at what the psalmist is saying, it's a psalm that's not only appropriate for, for suffering and for moments where we are nearing death. It's a psalm that's appropriate for, for all of life. It's a psalm about how to have a, a, a vivid and, and an abundant life uh, in the Lord. And that's what we are going to focus on this morning. In fact, you can enjoy God's compassionate care both now and forever if you will entrust yourself to Him. If the Lord is your shepherd, you can enjoy this compassionate care that God has for you both now and for all eternity. But that hinges upon whether or not you have faith and you entrust yourself fully to Him. I want to invite you to stand with me if you're able to this morning for the reading of God's Holy Word. I'll be reading from the 23rd Psalm. These words were written by David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you this morning with grateful hearts. We have enjoyed very much our time already in service today uh, through the music and through the prayers and, and through the opportunity to give back to you uh, with our offerings. And now, Lord, we have come to the part of our service where we open the Scriptures, God. And as we do, Lord, we do with the conviction that this is your word. And we ask as we open up the word before us this morning, God, you would open our minds that we might understand these words that were written. And Lord, open up our hearts that we might embrace and apply these truths in our lives. 
Heavenly Father, if there be anyone here today that has never trusted in Christ, if there is someone here that does not have you as their shepherd, we pray, God, you would draw them to faith and repentance in you while the opportunity is still present. God, we thank you for what you have done for us already, and we thank you for what you are about to do in our lives through the preaching of your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The 23rd Psalm is actually part of a triad of psalms together with Psalm 22 and Psalm 24 that paints for us a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our King. In Psalm 22, we looked at last week, we say the picture of Him being a suffering King uh, through the Psalm of the Cross, a suffering King. Today we see He is the Shepherd King. The Lord is my shepherd. And then finally, next week, we're going to look at Psalm 24. We're going to see he is a sovereign king, a king that reigns. J. Vernon McGee said that we take these three psalms together, we see the cross, the crook, meaning the, the shepherd's staff, the shepherd's crook, the cross, the crook, and the crown of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see his past uh, ministry through his death on the cross, we see his future ministry and his coming again. And then today we see his present ministry to us as our shepherd. We read in the superscription here, this is a psalm of David. We ask the question, well, when did David write this psalm? Was this written earlier in his life when indeed he was a shepherd out in the fields watching over the sheep? Perhaps, and I believe this was written later in life as David was a king in the palace and looking back over all of his life with the wisdom that comes through years and comes through following the Lord of saying, I look back and I see what the Lord has done for me. And as I shepherded those flocks when I was younger, God himself has shepherded me all the days of my life. And so with that reflection, perhaps, David, under the inspiration of the Spirit, wrote these words. As we think about the Savior being our shepherd, the first thing we see in verse 1 is our shepherd gives provision Provision. He provides for his people, and only God's people can truly say this. Only God's people can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Why is that? We see in verse 1, he uses the name LORD, all caps. That's the covenant name of God. That's Yahweh, Jehovah, ever how we want to pronounce that. But it's the covenant name of God. It's not just any God or a God or, or God as I envision him. It is the God, it is the Lord, the God of the Bible, the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is His covenant name. Therefore, only God's people who have embraced Him as Lord can say this. The Lord, David says, is my shepherd. Not that He was my shepherd or He will be my shepherd. He might be my shepherd. I would like to think Him as my shepherd. No, the Lord is. Is. There's a statement of confidence in that. That the God of the Bible is my shepherd. And there is a dependence on, in that uh, statement also. The Lord is my shepherd, not just the shepherd or a shepherd, but he's my shepherd. And if he is my shepherd, what does that make me? That makes me his sheep. And a lot, have been, a lot has been said about how sheep are, are defenseless and dependent upon the shepherd. And indeed, the Lord himself, if we come to him by faith, the Lord is our shepherd and then he says, I shall not want. That doesn't mean that I have everything that I want. It means that I, I don't lack for anything. I have everything that I truly need the most because the Lord himself, as my shepherd, he, 
He provides for that. He meets my needs. Shepherding is, and it was, a dirty job. Shepherding requires a, a shepherd to be with their sheep firsthand. You, you cannot shepherd the sheep from the comforts of your own living room and look out the window and say, look at them sheep out there. I'm shepherding them. No, you've got to get with the sheep. You've got to get down on their level and you've got to get your hands dirty and, and you've got to be personally involved, hands-on with the sheep. And if the Lord is our shepherd, what does that mean? It means that God has lowered himself has stooped down he has come to us to be involved with us in our daily lives. In the mess and the muck of our lives, God is there, hands-on, to deal with us and to meet our needs. What better evidence do we have of that than Jesus Christ himself, the Word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us, that God became one of us so that God might redeem us and provide for us. The Lord is our shepherd. Jesus Christ is our shepherd by faith. And he gives provision. Secondly, verse 2, our shepherd gives peace. Gives peace. A, a living faith in God calms the anxieties of our lives. Anybody out here having a hectic life? A, a life with anxiety, a life that's filled with stress and worry. We all from time to time deal with that. But if the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want, he gives you peace. David demonstrates this in verse 2. He says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. From what I've read about sheep, they will not lie down unless they feel safe. If they feel threatened, if there's any bit of insecurity, sheep will not lie down. They will continue to stand up and walk around. But if the Lord is your shepherd, He makes us to lie down because He brings His peace to us. And not only that, sheep will not lie down if they're, if they're hungry. But if they're well fed, and he leads us, he says here, he makes us lie down in, in green pastures. He makes us lie down where there is abundance, where we, be, well, we, where we will be well fed. And it says here also, it says, he leads me beside the quiet waters, the still waters. Sheep do not swim. They are afraid of running water. They will not drink from water that is running too swiftly. They're also kind of picky. They won't drink from stagnant water either, and I don't blame them, would you? So what the shepherd has to do is find water that's running but not running too fast, and what the shepherd sometimes would have to do is find rocks, large rocks, and put it into the stream to help dam up the water so that it would slow down enough for the sheep to be comfortable and have enough peace and security to, to lean down and to drink that water. Our shepherd gives us peace. And you see this image there, green pastures and still waters. And David's writing in the context there in Palestine. It's a dry and rocky area. And people are probably scratching their heads and saying, where is all this green pasture? Where, where are all those still waters? The shepherd must labor hard for the well-being of his sheep. And that is what God has done for us in Christ, that we have this need for peace. We have this separation from God that's caused by sin. And God, through Jesus Christ, has sent us peace, the Prince of Peace, so that we would feel that security and that comfort. We'd be willing to lie down and trust Him and drink from that living water. Our shepherd gives us peace. Thirdly, verse 3, our shepherd gives purpose. There is fulfillment that comes only from knowing God personally. 
And our shepherd coming down to be with us makes that possible. Our shepherd gives us peace. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. Restoring the soul. That's not the first time we've seen that statement in our series, is it? Remember back in Psalm 19, David talks about the heavens declare the glory of God and talks about creation in the first part of the psalm, how creation speaks to God or speaks of God. And then finally he talks about the word of God at the end of that psalm. And in the verse 7, the very first thing he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. We said the reason why that's important is because when we have sinned against God and that relationship is severed, it is the Word of God, the law of God, that shows us our sin and drives us to God to find grace and mercy. It is the law of God, the Word of God, that restores the soul. And David says if the Lord is our shepherd, He gives us this restoration of our soul. He does so primarily by His Word. God's law, it restores, it revives, it, it saves, and it sanctifies those who have put their trust in Him. And He also says in verse 3, He guides me in the paths of righteousness. He, he knows the way, the, the right way, the way that is best for us to go. And when you shepherd the sheep, sometimes you have to take them on a migration Perhaps the, the green pasture is, is all eaten up and you need to find other green pastures and you can't leave the sheep there. They'll starve to death. And so our shepherd knows the way, the right way, the path of righteousness to take his sheep on this migration. And he leads us, he says, in these paths of righteousness. It's about following him. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and they follow the shepherd discipleship following Jesus means just that it means we are a disciple he leads the way he is the teacher he's the master and we as his sheep we are to follow him if we want green pastures we had better follow him because if we do not follow him it's not the path of righteousness this necessity of migration perhaps to David's audience reminded them of that period in the book of Exodus of the wilderness wanderings God brought them up out of Egypt and throughout the, the book of Numbers we see them wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. And every, every step of the way that the, the, the pillar of fire and the cloud led the way, the right way to the promised land and it was up to the people by faith to trust that leadership and follow it. Our shepherd gives us peace when we follow him. And he does this, it says, for his name's sake for his reputation, for his character, his actions, his love reveals he is a trustworthy shepherd because his reputation is on the line. He leads the sheep down the wrong pathway. He, he, re, he receives a, a bad reputation. It's for his name's sake he leads us the right way. He does this for his glory. He is faithful for his glory. We see that in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father looked upon him, and this is my Son in whom I am very well pleased. Jesus lived a life of righteousness that none of us could live. The only sinless life, so that we, by faith and we trust in him, we likewise receive his righteousness imputed to us by faith and not our own. Our shepherd gives us purpose in life. Verse 4 shows us our shepherd gives protection protection that is much needed we see a shift here in verse 4 both in in the scenery and in the vocabulary 
You see, David's been talking about up to this point green pastures and still waters and paths of righteousness, and we get this idyllic picture of this, this wonderful, lush paradise. And we say, wow, if the Lord's my shepherd, it, it's all good. And we come to verse 4, and it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what's so amazing about that is, remember, we are following him. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Sometimes those paths of righteousness lead us through those valleys. We're not in there by accident. We're in there as sheep being led in the path of righteousness. When the shepherd was taking the sheep on migrations looking for greener pastures, sometimes in, the, in that, that geographical context, they would have to go through those deep valleys. And in those deep valleys, sometimes the light of the sun would not even penetrate down to the deepest depths and there would be darkness and, and the air would not stir and it would become hot in there and it was a place where bandits could hide out and ambush and rob and steal and plunder. It was a place where predators might hide and pounce upon the sheep. It was not always a pleasant thing for a shepherd to lead his sheep through those valleys but it was often a very necessary thing for the well-being of the sheep. What does that communicate to us? If by faith we're following the Lord Jesus, we find ourselves sometimes in those valleys of the shadow of death. We are there because He is leading us where He wants us to go. And sometimes we have to go through those difficult valleys to get to those green pastures. But the Lord is my shepherd. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He says, I fear no evil. I don't worry about the, uh, the rough terrain. I don't worry about the bandits and I don't worry about the predators. Why? Why do I fear no evil? It says, for, because you are with me. And there's the change in vocabulary in this psalm. In the first few verses there, he's been talking about God. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside he guides me in the paths. He's talking about God, and now he finds himself in the valley of the shadow of death, and he realizes in that moment that I need God near me and close to me, and he communicates directly to God. No longer talking about him, but talking to him. God, I fear no evil for you, Lord, you are with me. As the shepherd is with his sheep, God, you are with me. I'm in those deep, Valleys. I'm in those dark moments of life. The, the shadow of death is upon me. But I don't need to fear those things, God, because you are with me. Your presence is a source of comfort. In fact, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As a shepherd would have those tools of the trade, the, the rod was a, basically a, a staff that was used to, to defend the sheep. The wolves and the lions and things would come after the sheep and the shepherd would take that rod and be able to, to beat those enemies, to drive them away, protecting the sheep. And then, of course, the shepherd's staff would, would be used to guide and to pull the sheep out of those thistles sometimes they would find themselves in. So the rod and the staff, defense and direction, guarding and guidance. And he does that all because his presence is there. The rod and the staff would do no good if the shepherd wasn't there with the sheep. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me because it reminds me, God, you are near. You are nearby. No matter what I go through, migrating through 
those valleys to the green pastures requires sometimes being led through dark valleys. Reminds us of the Lord Jesus. We read in Psalm 22 how He came and suffered on the cross, dying for our sins. Our, stranger, our, our Savior is no stranger to the valley of the shadow of death. He has walked the valley of the shadow of death. He has come out on the other side triumphant. And now He's telling us, follow me. Put your faith and trust in me. And you, like I did, will defeat death. Not by your righteousness, but by mine. Put your faith and trust in me. I will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. You need not fear what may happen to you. Because I'm there with you. Our shepherd gives us much needed protection in this life. Verse 5 shows us our shepherd gives power. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Our, our Lord now is, is a host and we are His honored guests. We, we begin this psalm with the Lord as our shepherd and us as a sheep. Now we come and see He is our host and we are His guests. And it says, you prepare a table before me. A, a table, speaking of, of communion and fellowship, a, a time to come together and, and enjoy food and enjoy one another's company. And he says, God, you have done that for me. I get to come and eat at your table. And not only that, he says, you are the one who has prepared this for me. The king himself is the one who sets the table. The king himself is the one who is serving us as guests. You prepare a table before me. I should be the one setting the table for you, but no. You tell me, sit down at the table. Let me serve you. I welcome you into my home. I prepare a table before you, he says, in the presence of my enemies. And so that's a reminder to us that as the Lord is our shepherd and he is preparing the table before us, there is the reality that we live in a world where there is, where there is that, that enemy threat. We come into God's kingdom and His kingdom is very much here established on earth right now. And our, our king is not worried about the enemies that, that, that attack us, the enemy that wants to kill and destroy us, the forces of evil. No, our king is a warrior king that has invaded enemy territory and he has planted his flag and he has set up his table and he says, come, sit at my table while your enemies look upon this and they are powerless to stop me. You are now underneath my protection. You're under my umbrella. You have come to me and you have found refuge. And let's see the enemy come and try to take you away from me. All they can do is watch while I personally come and serve you. Our warrior king, he is unafraid. He is unafraid of the enemies. He says, in the very presence of my enemies, you prepare fellowship, communion, me with you, God. And you have welcomed me into your presence. You have anointed my head with oil in that culture that was common to do is pour that perfuming oil onto your guest, a sign of welcome, a sign of fellowship also, a, a sign also of anointing and setting apart. God says, you're mine. You belong to me. I anoint you. In the Old Testament, people were anointed for service. Prophets, priests, kings, all had oil poured, poured upon them as a sign that they were set apart, consecrated for God's service. 
When the Lord is our shepherd, He brings us to the table, pours His oil on us, sanctifies us, sets us apart for service. It's no surprise that oil in the Scriptures is a sign of a symbol of the Holy Spirit. That when we come to God by faith, He gives us His Holy Spirit. He sanctifies us and He washes us and He equips us for service. And He gives us power. As He has power, has power over the enemy, so much so He sets up a table right in their presence. He anoints us with oil and gives us power in return. As His delegates, as His representatives, He anoints our head with oil and our cups run over as as any gracious host will do to make sure you come into my home, you're, you're going to be well fed and you're not going to leave here wanting anything. In fact, your cup's going to run over. I'm going to give you so much. I, I, I'll give you an abundance to display to you and everyone else that you are welcome in my home. And that's what our Lord has done. In all of this, you see a very visible demonstration of our asylum under God's care. As the enemy is watching, he sets a table and he brings us to the table. As our enemy is watching, he anoints our head with oil. As our enemy is watching, he fills our cup to overflowing. What does that say to us as his people? God's taking care of us. What's it say to our enemies? The enemies of God that see this. God loves them. They belong to Him. I can't do anything. They are His people. Our shepherd gives us power. Spurgeon saw this verse and he said, we see the image here of the warrior feasted, the priest anointed, and the guest satisfied. Again, we think about the Lord Jesus Christ. The warrior feasted. We come to Him and He is the bread of life. We see here the priest anointed how, how Christ pours out the Holy Spirit upon us when we come to Him by faith. Set apart for His service. We see the guest satisfied. Ladies and gentlemen, no one satisfies your soul like the Lord Jesus Christ does. Your cup will run over. He's got that much and more. Everything that we need. Our shepherd gives us power. Finally, our shepherd gives us a promise. The, the imagery here, we, we began as a sheep and now we are invited guests and we move from being a guest to now a permanent resident. The guest becomes a permanent resident. Verse 6, he says, Surely goodness and mercy, goodness and loving kindness, there we go, will follow me all the days of my life. Somebody has said, goodness and mercy. If, we are, if the Lord is our shepherd, we are a sheep, then goodness and mercy are the sheepdogs. They follow us, literally pursue us, chase us, keep us in line. His goodness, His mercy, that word loving kindness or mercy is the, the Hebrew word hesed. We've talked about that. It's, it's a covenant love, a committed love where God promises and God pledges Himself, by my word, you are my people and I love you. God's covenant faithful love for us abundant love it's just goodness and mercy will follow me in the future no all the days of my life here now the present this reality 
If the Lord is your shepherd and you belong to Him, His goodness, His mercy, it provides for you an abundant life now. An abundant life now. Everything you need. Notice I didn't say your best life now because there is something better that is to come. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell. There's that confident statement there. I will dwell. Not that I hope to or I might or if I work hard enough I could attain this. No. It's by God's mercy, His covenant love. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will come into His presence. I will be with not only the Lord, but also God's people. But notice who's absent in verse 6. Them them enemies that were there in verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies right now. We're living in the now of the kingdom. We are God's people. The enemy is still present, but we get to verse 6. Something happens. The enemies are gone because judgment has taken place. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, there's going to come a time where where judgment happens and and the sheep are separated from the goats. So the question I have for you is, will you dwell in the house of the Lord forever? It's only by faith that that will happen, only by trusting in Christ, only by surrendering yourself to His Lordship, But if you do so, you have that promise, that guarantee. It's interesting here, the psalm begins with, the Lord is my shepherd, and it ends with the house of the Lord. It begins and it ends with the Lord, the God of the Bible. It all starts, it all concludes with Him, and everything in between. If there's any success in life, if there's any hope, if there's any prosperity for you at all, it's found in the Lord. In the beginning, in the end. He promises to bless us now and forever. You know, Jesus made the same promise to his followers. When Frank offered the offertory prayer a while ago, he even mentioned that John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. It's the same language here. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because Christ has prepared a place for me. So we can can enjoy God's compassionate care both here and now for all eternity if we would entrust ourselves to Him because Jesus is our shepherd. The New Testament three times mentions that. John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Hebrews 13 through 13, 20 through 21. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Finally, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Interesting, we can see the triad of Psalms there. Psalm 22, the, the, the good shepherd lays down his life, the suffering king. 
Hebrews 13, the great shepherd who brings us in by the blood of his eternal covenant. He is the shepherd king, Psalm 23. And finally, the chief shepherd when he appears, Psalm 24, the sovereign king. If you have the Lord Jesus as your shepherd, you have all that this psalm entails. But if you do not have the Lord Jesus as your shepherd, you have none of these things. No provision, no peace, no power, no promise. Your life perhaps reflects the words of this Psalm 23 antithesis that was written by Marcia Hornock. See if this describes your life. The clock is my dictator, I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when exhausted. It leads me to deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Yea, though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done, for my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance from me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. My inbox overflows. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. Is that your life? If the Lord is not your shepherd, that is your life. But for some who say the Lord is my shepherd, perhaps you've wandered off that path of righteousness and not following his lead. Perhaps that's a reflection of your life as well. Folks, Jesus gives you peace in this life and in the life to come because Jesus is the only one that gives you peace with God. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified through my faith we have peace with God justified by faith we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ it's by surrendering ourselves and entrusting ourselves to him finally as we watch the progression of this psalm we see that when we follow the Lord we should be led from the pasture to the palace from the pasture to the palace sometimes that road may take detours to the valley of the shadow of death. But ladies and gentlemen, that, that, that path is well worth it if you'll entrust yourself to the Lord like a shepherd. He will lead us. Let's pray together.